Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Welcome to episode 85 of Grown Up Kids. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And it is time to get back on the movie train. And today we are discussing That Darn Cat. I've been excited about this one. Me too, actually, for a really long time. I think like, the one I was thinking I was super excited for is My Cat from Outer Space, which like we'll be getting to that soon, I think. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, anything with cats. Anything with cats. I'm here for. I feel like... You know, like the original Homeward Bound wasn't that long ago, and now we've got that darn cat. The next one is about a dachshund. Cat from outer space is soon. Well, it was just all about them animals. Mm-hmm. He went through like his live action naturey. Yeah. Then went away from it, and I now we're getting to into like funny animals. Yeah. Those were good. Those were nice. All right. It is time for the thirty-second Disney Dash been a long time it has been (laughs) do you want to go first you want me to go first i'll go first i feel like i've been doing the 15 second summaries for friends Mm -hmm. so maybe 30 seconds is going to feel like a really long time probably all right you ready yeah (laughs) on your mark get set go all right, so we've got Haley Mills back as Patty, and she has her sister, and she has her cat uh, named DC. And DC's always out and about making trouble, and something somebody gets kidnapped in her town, and DC comes back with a watch on his neck, and uh, Patty. Uh, oh wait, oh. I'm sorry. Go, go, go. And Patty. <laughs> Patty calls it into the FBI, and then the FBI gets involved, and then they use the cat as. <laughs> Sorry, I got confused at twenty. <laughs> Sorry, that's bogus. I'm sorry. I love you, babe. Love you. <gasps> Go. Oh no no no! Oh jeez. Okay. There's a cat named DC. Super cute. He's a big time troublemaker. And- get out of here. <laughs> Um, there's a robbery and this lady accidentally gets kidnapped, I think, in the middle of it, and these guys don't know what to do with her, and then she comes up with a plan to have DC help her get found. And there's a really annoying boyfriend. Uh, For real? Just kidding. <gasps> Are you serious? And the detective and Haley Mills get together with DC to try and track these dudes down. <laughs> that was exactly 30. <laughs> <laughs> You're a butt. You're a butt. <laughs> Uh, if you're oh, still sorry. listening, <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. All right. Do you want to do the plot? You want me to do the plot? You always do the plot. All right. Why this is this? I don't know. This is the plot. So, this is basically what would have been on the back of a VHS tape. Were those a thing in the 60s? I don't know. I don't know Were those either. Eight tracks? This is what would be on the back of the DVD, <laughs> Blu-ray, or the paragraph on your streaming service. Okay, man, I, people are probably going to be annoyed that we don't know what <laughs> would have been out in the '60s. But you know what? I wasn't born until the '90s, so don't hate me because you ain't me. Oh my God! The Randall sisters, Patty and Ingrid, Ingrid, 
Never have a dull moment thanks to the antics of DC, their troublemaking Siamese cat. When DC wanders into an apartment where bank teller Margaret Miller is being held hostage, the clever captive writes help, actually it's hell, on her watch band and attaches it to the cat. Upon finding the message, Patty and Ingrid contact the FBI and soon Agent Zeke Kelso is there to investigate. Ingrid don't contact the FBI? No, she doesn't. That's a lie. <laughs> she gets pissed at Patty for contacting the FBI. It's not a lie. <laughs> All right. All right. So a little bit of history. That Darn Cat is from 1965. It stars Haley Mills and Dean Jones. And this is the first film for Disney. Dean Jones stars in his first film for Disney in a story about bank robbers, a kidnapping and a mischievous cat. The film is based on the book called Undercover Cat, which is awesome. I didn't know that by Gordon and Mildred Gordon and was directed by Robert Stevenson who I definitely know, right? It's been a minute since I've done a movie episode, but I feel like that name is big. I'll look them up. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the title song was written by the good old Sherman Brothers, sung by Bobby Darin, and for the soundtrack album, however, Louis Prima, who in the future would portray King Louis from The Jungle Book, fun fact, was heard singing the title song. That Darn Cat was the last of six films that Haley Mills made for the Disney Studios. Womp womp. That makes me really sad. (laughs) Um, The 1997 remake did feature a cameo appearance, however, by Dean Jones, which is pretty cool. I love when they do that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so some production facts. The exterior neighborhood scenes are filmed on the Walt Disney Studios backlot in Burbank, California. Each of the Seal Point Siamese cats who collectively play DC are so-called traditional or old-style Siamese, as opposed to the more dainty, long, and tubular modern Siamese show cats, which I noticed... I'm a cat lady. I was like, <laughs> he looks like a Siamese, but not really like a Siamese. Yeah, he's not like your... He, I guess he is the traditional, but he doesn't look yeah, like the, the stereotypical Siamese you think of. Right. Right. So one of the cats used for the film belonged to longtime cat breeder Edith Williams, who was a member of the Stud Book Fanciers Association. And one of the feline actors also starred in The Incredible Journey. Super cool. So that is neat. So actually, we've already seen this cat in a movie, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reception of it, the New York Times wrote, the feline that plays the informant, as the FPI puts it, is superb. Clark Gable, at the peak of his performing, never played a tomcat more winningly. This elegant blue-eyed creature is a paragon of suavity and grace and concluded that it's an entertaining picture. Even a king might profitably, profitably look at that darn cat. Variety said Walt Disney comes up with a novelty charmer in this lit litting translation of the Gordon's whimsical tale of a Siamese cat who helps the FBI solve a kidnapping case. So basically, I mean, it was pretty well received. There's a handful more. I mean, the Los Angeles Times talked about it, the Washington Post, the New Yorker, um, and they're all pretty positive. So also, fun fact, it holds a 94% rating on Rotten Tomatoes currently. Dang. Which is really good. That is really good. And this is another fun fact. 
I hope that this isn't in your fun facts. I'm sorry. You better hope it's not. You already took one. Did I? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> Was fine. it The Incredible Journey? No. Oh, okay. Um, in September of 1965, it is reported that Disney commissioned a sequel of this film called Undercover Cat Prowls Again, but it was never made. Oh, man. I know. Isn't that, wouldn't that have been cool? Yeah. That would have been another opportunity for Haley Mills to come back. <laughs> <sighs> um, all right. Awards and nominations. So the film writers, Mildred Gordon, Gordon Gordon, and Bill Walsh. Really, Gordon his Gordon. name is Gordon Gordon. Were nominated by the Writers Guild of America for Best Written American Comedy. The film was also nominated for the Edgar Allan Poe Award for Best Motion Picture and a Golden Leaf nomination for Best Supporting Actress for Elsa Lanchester. Mills won the 1966 second place Golden Leaf Award for Comedy Performance Actress and the Sherman Brothers won the third Golden Leaf Award for Best Song. It was You like the song, Teddy? Teddy this is a liked great it. episode for you to be on, sir. It is. He did watch it with us. There also were a couple of goofs in the movie. I don't know when we want to do this, but like this could be fun. Whenever Should I you read want. some? Sure. So, character errors. <laughs> this is kind of funny. As clearly evidenced by the numerous scenes in which DC makes a rear view retreat from the camera, it keeps changing sexes. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I did notice you could like totally tell. Oh, there was some in a handful of shots. I was like, yeah, um, yeah. Interesting though. Around sixty-nine minutes, when the door—this is a continuity error—when the door falls on Zeke, his hands are near the top of the door, but in the next shot, they've changed position. When Dan, one of the bad guys, draws his pistol and prepares to threaten Miss Miller after she lets out DC, the camera cuts away from Dan and we hear the ka-chunk sound of the pistol's slide being racked to chamber around. However, when Dan's, Dan subsequently approaches her, the pistol's hammer isn't cocked. If Dan had racked the slide, the hammer should be cocked unless he had manually decocked it when the camera cut away, which seems like a highly unlikely thing to do while threatening someone. <laughs> Um, crew or equipment visible at the drive-in when dc is playing with the butterfly for a brief moment you can see the fishing line holding it up above dc oh you know God. what i saw that <laughs> i did notice that <laughs> that's funny um factual errors the fbi agent takes a paw print of the mark off his forehead not directly from dc this would reverse the print so it wouldn't have worked like, that couldn't have happened. Got it. Um, let's see. So, when Margaret Mitchell took off her watch to scratch help on the back, the metal on the back of her wristwatch is almost as weak as aluminum foil. Too easy to make a mark with a knife blade in 10 <laughs> seconds. Um, yeah, I didn't think about that. I, yeah, I did kind of, I was like, that is happening really easily. <laughs> Um, let's see. Toward the end of the film, Gregory's Mercedes was parked directly in front of Zeke's car in front of the Randall house. However, when Zeke and Ingrid drive away, he pulls straight forward out of camera range, which would be impossible if Gregory's car had been there. So, oh, yeah. canoe. Oh, canoe. <sighs> Give me Oops. some fun facts, Kate. Okay, goofs are always funny because it's like, it's sometimes it's like, 
Well, why that just seems so obvious, but like when you're doing like Sometimes for example, when you're staring at something, you yeah. just like literally don't see it. Like when I'm doing design work or something, like I won't see something like so obvious, like a typo. You know what I mean? All right, some fun facts. Oh, before I do, I looked up Robert Stevenson. We're going to be really embarrassed because he did... He did like a ton. He did Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Mm -hmm. He did The Absolute Professor, Search of the Castaways, Son of Flubber, Misadventures of Merlin Jones. I knew he'd been around a really long time. Mary Poppins. Oh my God. Right? What's wrong with (laughs) us? All right. Hey, I'm just proud of myself for remembering his name. It's been a really long time (laughs) since I've been like deep in the facts with the Disney films. So I'm happy that I remembered his name, and I'll take it. Right. All right, fun fact. This is the first, I think Mike said this, first Walt Disney movie of Dean Jones, who played Agent Zeke Kelso, who went on to star in numerous Disney projects throughout the 1970s. So get used to him. He's going to be around for a little while. I'm looking up what else he's in. I'm just curious. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Um, as Mike also said, this is Haley's Mills, Haley Mills' last Disney movie of the 1960s and her last juvenile role. Her next Disney role is in The Parent Trap 2, um, the remake. Oh, is she in the remake? Oh, no, I'm sorry. The there remake, no remake, That Darn Cat. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. There's an actress named Christina Ricci, and that's her last Disney role, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Isn't she in Sleepy Hollow? I don't know. I think so. I'm really, 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 really bad with yeah. uh <laughs> She's Wednesday. Oh, really? And oh she's God. in Casper and Sleepy Hollow. Yep. And that darn cat nineteen ninety seven, which I didn't know that until I pulled up Disney Plus and they're both on there. They are. In the French dubbed version, DC's name is PV, which means from French trans- translation, Petite Voyou, Little Delinquent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was cool. The 1964 Mercedes 230 SL that appeared in the film as Roddy McDowell's car was actually Walt Disney's personal car. That's really cool. Disney rented his car to the film his own film for a hundred dollars per day, possibly because he felt guilty about buying himself such an expensive car. And the Disney family still owns the car to this day. I wonder if it's at the museum. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, when Patty meets agent Zeke for the first time in his FBI office, she says that her father named the cat. She says her father called the cat quote, something much worse than darn, but her mother wouldn't let her use, let them use that name. So this inf- this inference is that Patty's father named the cat Damn Cat, which is actually what it was called and stood for in the original novel Undercover Cat. I want to read this book. I know, me too. By Gordon Gordon. Gordon Gordon. <laughs> Patty's dislike of surfer movies is likely a cheeky reference to the beach party movies reflecting Walt Disney's discomfort of his star Annette Funicello appearing in them. She hasn't been in anything. I know. I think maybe she went off and started doing some other stuff and he wasn't happy about it. Also, when you say uh, Dean Jones will be in numerous projects. 
like make it like 50 projects <laughs> i wonder She's if they're like so big big roles or just like little roles yeah i don't know but he's in the next movie okay i recognize monkeys go home on the list blackbeard's ghost mm-hmm. the horse in the gray flannel suit i think is disney the love bug the million dollar duck the shaggy da herbie goes to monte carlo it also <laughs> beethoven not a disney movie but that made me really excited because i freaking love that show or movie I've never seen it. I literally can't even talk to you. Right now. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a cat person. All right. Canoe mentions, quote, going to a drive-in theater Thursday evening, and this movie was released on a Thursday, December 2nd of 1965. Cheeky. Right. And last but not least, DC, among other cat actors, was played by actor Sin, S-Y-N. He had previously been in The Incredible Journey, as Meg said. Um, A little background on him. He was born in Ontario, California, and was sadly dumped in a pound at the age of two by owners who did not care for his standoffishness. But Bill, his trainer, Bill Kohler, picked him up for $5 and trained him to act. He reportedly took to acting quickly, and his keen hearing proved to be an asset as he would react to a bell tone up to 500 feet away, especially when a little snack was offered. <laughs> uh, Sin won the role in Journey, and instead of taking TV and commercial roles, he held out for his other starring Disney role. Uh, when he wasn't acting, his hobbies were closed claw horseback riding, perpendicular tree trunk walking, <laughs> refrigerator and back porch poaching, fence hopping, garbage inspection, hide and seek, alley ball, and neighborhood touring. So apparently his role in this film is perfect casting. That's adorable. I found that on like cinemacats.com or something. Oh my God. And I was like, what? <laughs> this exists? This I is love incredible. That. And that's all I got. Good Back old porch poaching. <laughs> our cats so do that on our patio. Mm-hmm. Poach the bugs and Teddy, the birds right? if they could. You want to say something? Okay. He is so happy in Katie's arms right now. Like yeah, he's just so chilling. Chill. All right, some characters. Um, so first and foremost, Haley Mills plays Patty Randall. Um. I love, I, and like, Haley Mills kind of like continuously plays the same type of character in a way. Yeah, I see that. But it doesn't bother me. No. You same. know, like the mischievous girl who gets into trouble and is always in places she shouldn't be. That's literally Patty. Mm-hmm. Um, reminded me a little bit of just like the personality of the role that she played in summer magic, the role that she played even in the parent trap, like same type of girl, honestly, um, except this one was a cat lady, which was really cute. So Patty notices the watch. Mm -hmm. And then I love how Ingrid was like, don't call the police. And she's like, I'm not going to call the police. And then Ingrid leaves and she's like, this is a job for the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> um, so she calls the FBI and gets in touch with our next character, Zeke Kelso. Um, 
he is definitely intrigued by the fact that she thinks that this is related to the kidnapping because they are on that case and they really don't have too many leads. Mm-hmm. And then he is quite surprised by the fact that he's told to basically trail this cat. And he's allergic to cats. And he's allergic to cats. Um, So Zeke is the one who's played by Dean Jones, in case you didn't know. Kelso Uh, just makes me think of that 70s show. Zeke Kelso. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Zeke. Uh, He's kind of like... He's a character who, like, tries so hard to be serious, but fails so miserably. Yeah. And is just, like, ends up being a really funny character, even though he tries to be the serious guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked his role. They're, they're like, it was kind of strange, their, like, interaction, because it was cute that Patty goes into the office, like, she's told to wait but she takes matters into her own hand because mm-hmm. I think she knows that nobody's going to really take her think. seriously. No yeah. one really cares about, you know, this tip she has about whatever. Um, because some girl came in off the street and apparently had a tip, even though she literally was the reason they got these criminals. Mm-hmm. Um, so she takes matters into her own hand and like sits down at her, at her desk at Zeke's desk and like kind of lets it slip after a little bit that like, she orchestrated this. <laughs> She's like, that's why I picked you for the job. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but they like get along super fast. And they at have first, good chemistry. Yeah. At first I was like, is this going to turn into like a love story between them? But it didn't like it never got there. I like we never know Patty's age. So that's where I was kind of iffy on that storyline. Because I didn't like. They still live with their parents. I know that their parents are like... They're like out of town or something. Yeah. Like for a long time. Yeah. I don't understand that, but whatever. So I wasn't sure if like, you know, she was older, but just because this is the time like she was older, she just like wasn't married yet. So she was still living there. Or if she was like upper high school age early college age and was just like home for the summer yeah so i i wasn't i was confused about that potential as well because i was like she seems kind of young but like maybe it's just going to be a you know like a funny relationship which is what it ended up being right i liked it sorry no i'm just saying and i liked their relationship this is also like so Haley mills has been i mean we've We've harped on how much we like her. She's been in a lot of films, but I feel like she appeared on screen for this film. And I was like, whoa, you're like an adult. Like she like lost all of her like baby look and she just looks like a she person just, like, grew now. into her face. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, like the whole movie. I was like, I don't know who I'm looking at. I just like want to go back and continuously watch Haley Mills movies. <laughs> I actually really Are do. you a fan? I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm a big fan. She, at this moment in time, Haley Mills is most definitely my favorite Disney actress above anybody. And I'm even trying to think of like current, like comparing it like even to more current films. I can't really think of an actress who like is above Haley Mills for me. You're talking about like recurring? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I think she's my favorite. 
I mean, honestly, even one-offs like Disney films. I think Haley Mills is it. I just, I yeah, I just, I love her. I could say that for the whole episode, but yeah, Mega Mills fan. Yeah. Um. Next up is Ingrid, who's played by Dorothy Provine. Proven. Sometimes I just want to tell her to be like, listen, to your sister. Right. I think that that's almost, I mean, I love Patty's personality because I almost feel like she deals with Ingrid, like not believing her, not taking her word for it. So she like always just takes matters into her own hands because like Patty trusts herself. Yeah. Even if Ingrid doesn't trust herself, trust yeah. her. Um, so like Ingrid, honestly, more than anything, just kind of annoyed me if I'm being honest. Yeah. I just wanted to be like give her a chance to like explain herself <laughs> before you're just like telling her to stop. And why would you tell her to not go to the police when she thinks she has a lead on something? What's, what's it going to hurt if it's nothing, then cool. I guess you know? maybe there might be a history there. That's almost what it sounded mm, like. Like she's cried wolf before or something. Right. Not intentionally, but like maybe she, she does she seem gets like someone into things she shouldn't get into like DC. Yeah. Seems like she would have like the um what's the reputation of like maybe like an imaginary mind. Imaginative mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes it pays off. Yep. I also was not a fan of Ingrid's boyfriend, who is the next person on our list, Gregory, uh played by Roddy McDowell. He was weird. He just annoyed me. Yeah. He also, was, like, it was kind of like he was really pushy, and like Ingrid was using him for a ride. Yeah. So, like, she didn't really even like him. She was literally just using him to get a ride to work every day. And then she doesn't she dump him? I think she doesn't even like him. Doesn't and she get with like, Zeke? There was definitely chemistry. If I don't remember, I don't know no, why they I can't did. remember yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Zeke and Ingrid kind of end up together at the end. That was... Which, just saying, Ingrid's a wet blanket. Zeke, I don't know why he would go for her, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> um, oh, man, what was I going to say? Gregory. I don't know. It's gone now. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, basically, I don't like him. <gasps> oh, I remembered. There was this weird moment. They, like, got back from... It wasn't a date. It seemed like... You're, it kind of seems like it was a date. They get back from work. Like, he's dropping her off after work. And he's, like, trying to invite her to dinner because, obviously, he has these intentions to make her be well, his she's definitely girlfriend. leading him on. She's not not leading him on. Yeah, for sure. But there was, like, this really awkward moment where he was, like, kind of, like, pressing her close against the door and like being all yes but it was, was like very so awkward it wasn't just like hey this is like this dude coming out of this girl it was like weird and then also really pushy like telling her what to wear and stuff to impress his mom which everything again, was about his is, mom which i guess is maybe just the times which is frustrating but everything ugh. was about his mom it was so weird i wanted to punch him <laughs> he was he was an arrogant butthead yeah. Um, so next up is the two bad guys, Dan and Iggy, which I did not appreciate the bad guy's name being Iggy because <laughs> I have a cat named Iggy and he is everything but bad. That's also kind of a lie, but he would never rob a bank. He might he might rob a PetSmart. 
He might rob a grocery store. He might rob a grocery store, but he would never rob a bank. Right. Not and for the money. And he would never kidnap an old lady. He might go home with an old lady with the hopes that she would feed him. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So we got Dan and Iggy. They robbed a bank. Somehow Margaret Miller got caught up in this. She was a bank teller and they ended up kidnapping her. I mean, does, they're bad guys. Does Dan call her mother? Something like it's something like he like acts like he's awkward. Yeah, he acts like he while like tells her to make meals. Yeah, like while she's in captivity, she better like do woman things and like cook for them and clean for them and whatever. Yeah. While he holds it over her head that she might get killed. Yeah, and they Which, later you know, I mean, on. They're plotting for sure to kill her, but still Definitely. like straight up lie to her face that everything's like, no, we're just like working stuff out. Well, that's what I bad know. people do. It's it's crap. I didn't like them. Um, next up, we have the MacDougals. Oh, my God. Mrs. MacDougal <laughs> is the nosiest <laughs> of nosy neighbors. She's definitely what I would call an aunt petunia oh my god yes do you want to know what i also realized we have not been sorting these characters into hogwarts houses because i just thought of that as i said she's a petunia let's go through them and then we can go back and sort them okay um so she is just like following patty and ingrid's every move she knows all of the guys that are coming into the house uh and mr mcdougall <laughs> he's oh my god. so funny because he thinks that she's ridiculous because she kind of is. And he'll like turn his hearing aid off so mm -hmm. that he doesn't have to hear her talk anymore. Mm -hmm. Or he set up kind of a little booby trap in the middle of the night so that if she left the oh, room, yeah. she would trip on something when she came back to the bedroom. And he would just so say, funny. she would like bark something at him and he would just clap right back. Yeah. With the most ridiculous. Oh, it was so funny. It was like. They, they were comic relief. That was yeah. funny. She like, they literally played no other role besides being the nosy neighbor and the husband of the nosy neighbor. It was just like for little quips throughout the movie. And fun fact, while I was watching it, I was like, Mrs. McDougal looked really familiar and she played, um, the first nanny who leaves the bank's children. In Mary Poppins. In Mary Poppins. So it's Elsa Lanchester. Yes. I think so her yes. name's Kitty Nana. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's see. I already talked about Zeke's boss. I already talked about Margaret. Mr. Hofstetter is our guest appearance of Edwin. Love Edwin. Good old Edwin. Plays the same character. Yes, a, a goofy guy <laughs> who is a little bit scattered. Mm -hmm. um, so he owns a jewelry shop and basically Patty coerces him into calling the FBI and saying that he is for certain that that watch is Margaret Miller's because they sold it to her. And Patty... Because this is because the FBI had pulled out from using DC and Patty was convinced that DC would lead them to where Margaret Miller was. So she went to the jewelry store and Mr. Hofstetter was there and he helped her out. Yep. 
he wasn't happy about it because he was so nervous. He was so nervous. But he helped her out. Yeah. Last but not least, the wettest of blankets. Canoe. Canoe. Which what? You know, that's what was a very his purpose? Strange his purpose was to go to the movies with her. So Canoe is <laughs> Patty's boyfriend. Sort of boyfriend? I guess. They like, all he does is come in. He wears the same shirt throughout the whole movie, even though it's a couple days. It's like this horrible, I, I don't know, just go watch it. <laughs> and he just makes sandwiches all the time. Leaves crumbs and dirt everywhere. And sweeps under the couch. Doesn't like care about Patty at all, I don't think. Ugh, just wants to watch surfing movies. He's a wet blanket. He's just like not. Him and Ingrid should have gotten together. And Patty was just a couple years older. She could have gotten with Zeke and it would have been great. He's and then like, Gregory can just go off and hang with his mom. What's What's the point of Canoe being a boyfriend? He's not a boyfriend at all. He's a, all, nothing but a taker. He's no give. a... He's a... What's the word I'm looking for? Moron? Yeah. Imbecile? Yeah. Idiot? Imbeciles! <laughs> Idiots! <laughs> no he's uh he's a freeloader yes oh my god yeah that's the word i was looking for he's he a freeloader is. all right let's sort them okay patty oof oof i'm having a tough time actually i'm between i'm between ravenclaw and slytherin no she's yeah. witty She's very cunning, though. I'm going to say Slytherin. You think so? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll take it. It's Haley Mills. <laughs> well, she literally goes in this movie to any means to, to justify get her, her end. This is true. She's yeah. totally a Slytherin. And she, like, manipulates situations, not in a bad way, to, in order to progress along the path that she thinks things need to go so that this lady can get rescued. You know what I mean? That is the good side of being ambitious and cunning. Exactly. Just because, and saying manipulated situation sounds bad. No, but yeah, she but just sometimes used you need her to do cunning that. to be like, hey, I'm not going to sit here and have them give me the run I'm not going to give up on Margaret. I'm going to take, I'm going to take it into my own hands and get this done. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Patty Slytherin. All right. <laughs> Zeke. Um, I think Gryffindor. I'm going to say a griffin puff. Okay. Because he seems a little scattery. Yeah, he does. But like he's an FBI agent. And yeah. he, d- he does know what he's doing. And he has a drive for it. And he is brave. But he's got a little bit of a puff side. I can. I'm down. Okay. Ingrid. Squib. <laughs> <laughs> Muggle. Uh, i was gonna say ravenclaw just because she's like very factual in the sense of like i think because patty is such a free spirit ingrid is kind of not that ravenclaws can't have a free spirit but i think that just because like she wants to see the facts before she'll like be on patty's side it seems as if maybe she's just She's not going to take the jump like a Gryffindor would or something until like everything is there in front of her. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can't think of 
I mean, where else she would fit, so. I genuinely don't know with Gregory. No, he just sucks. Like, literally, he just sucks. Death Eater. I don't know. He's terrible. <laughs> I don't like him. How about Dan and Iggy? Um. Oh. Well, they they did pull off a heist. Mm-hmm. As dumb as they are, really. Yeah, they pulled off a heist. It took a lot of money and like planned this whole thing with like they were throwing they were they were throwing the FBI all over the place because they were like leaving bags of money. Yeah, they were paying at, like with different the gas stations or whatever. Yeah, trying to like lead them away from where they actually were. So probably Slytherin. <laughs> I was gonna say Iggy is like the example of a bad Slytherin. Because he's just had, like... He's mean. Yeah. He had no moral compass. Like, he would use all of his any talents for bad. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure about Dan. Maybe also Slytherin. Probably. I mean, like, all the houses have so much of a spectrum. Except Hufflepuff. They're all great. Well, you know, Bellatrix. Get out. We're not talking about that. Okay. Mr. and Mrs. McDougal. Mr. McDougal, hands down, is a Slytherin. <laughs> and I yeah. will happily accept him in my house. <laughs> Hilarious. <sighs> um, Mrs. McDougal, I'm going to also say Ravenclaw. <laughs> She's creative with the things that she thinks up. She's she's pretty witty with Mr. McDougal. She's wise I'll, to be watching over Patty and Ingrid. I'm going to go Gryffindor. Okay. Because she um, is so grounded in how she feels she's correct. Even though she's seeing things incorrectly. That's a good She one. is like, no, this is what's happening. I need to say something. I got to fix this. Okay. All right. Even though no, it's none her business. Yeah, I've changed my mind. All right, Mrs. MacDougall, Slytherin, Mr. MacDougall. I mean, Mrs. MacDougall, Gryffindor, Mr. MacDougall, Slytherin. That's a dynamic duo right there. Um, <laughs> no wonder they clash. <laughs> Margaret? Margaret, ooh. Okay, Margaret Ravenclaw, because she really used... Dude, she's so smart. Yeah. she Like, that Crafty. was on-the-spot thinking to put... To write on the watch... To put it on the cat and to get the cat out the door somehow and hoping that it would. That's a lot. That's a lot. And like within a matter of like five seconds, I right. swear. Had to happen quick. Yeah. Yeah. Ravenclaw. She's definitely Ravenclaw. Mr. Hofstetter. Hufflepuff. That is me calling and lying on the phone. Oh, he's a total puff. He was sweating buckets. Yeah. yeah. And he like didn't want to do it. Uh-uh. Because... If I'm speaking from my personal experience, I always like somehow mess things up, whether it's in a funny way or whether it's in a non-productive way. Like I just don't think to ask the right questions until like afterwards. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And I don't like lying. I avoid it at all costs because it gives me mad anxiety. I don't like doing that. Even in like a case like this, I could totally see it. We're like, you're lying. Like I wouldn't even classify this as lying. You know, like, it's for a greater good purpose. But, like, I would still just be so dang nervous. Canoe doesn't deserve a house. I'm serious. 
Him. He's a Death Eater with... He's with Gregory. Gregory, yeah. They suck. Yeah. Not cool. All right. Favorite, Favorite parts. parts of the movie. Oh, you don't want to finish it with me? Of the movie. <laughs> Character. Katie, go. Uh, DC. Obviously. That We didn't sort him. Oh. Slytherin. Oh. <laughs> so sure at the same time if i'm being honest i don't know why i said gryffindor i was always thinking slytherin i yeah it could be either honestly there's arguments for both yeah he do just does what he wants to do when he wants to do it yeah you know he's like he's like slytherin duo yeah he's like iggy like this this guy has a routine he goes out. He knows where to find his food. He's gonna if he can't get it, he's gonna figure out how to get it. Yep. Determined. Will under no circumstances be derailed from his goal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So favorite character is DC. He's just like obviously he's a cat. So like, what more do you need after that? Um, he's cute. He's mischievous, mischievous, which is awesome and cunning. adorable, cunning, um, and just because of his silly, normal antics, which his mom, Patty, just like totally and wholly accepts, so sh- secondary, second favorite to her just because of that. Um, I just, I love how she knows his schedule. That's I mean, like I true. feel That's that like so Cam hard. Mom. Yeah. Um, no, Just because of his antics, he solved this crime. You know, that's pretty cool. Um, do you want to go to character or do you want me to go scene? Um, I'll go to character. Okay. It's Patty. <laughs> Who saw that coming? <laughs> I can't not choose Haley Mills and her last appearance on the show. Hey, she got a shout out for me. <clears throat> I get it. It's Patty. I just. Yeah, she just she reminds me of me. Like, you manipulate the situations to make it happen the way that you think it needs to happen. You get situations done. I guess I just called myself out saying that I'm manipulative, but whatever. <laughs> we just talked about how that could be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I love Patty. Favorite scene, Katie? Any scene with Mr. and Mrs. McDougal. Oh, <laughs> yes. my God. Because I'm going to second this. Literally... My pops did that. Like the okay, there's a lot of freaking grandkids on Shout that side. Mama of my, P. She does that. She is Mrs. MacDougall who? of Cleveland. Who? My mother. She shuts off her hearing aid. Mrs. MacDougall. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I thought you were talking I thought you were saying Mrs. Mr. MacDougall. I'm sorry. I was like, your mom does <laughs> Did you see that person cross the oh street? That's <laughs> so your mom. <laughs> I've never seen them before. Oh, that's a dog I've never seen before. Oh my god, she knows. We call her the mayor of that of her street. There's a new cat in town. <laughs> I think that there's a new mouse that walked you by know, across so the yard. So up the street, well, her daughter's cousin just had a baby, and their name is this and this. Um, but seriously, my pops would. There's a lot of grandkids, and when he got tired of listening to the ruckus, he would just turn off his hearing aid. <laughs> <laughs> so ingenious. <laughs> I know. It makes me think of Mr. Fredrickson from Up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Anytime those two came on, it was just so comical and ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm seconding it. And yes, my mother is Mrs. McDougal. A thousand percent. Yeah. Not quite as crazy. She's more but of she's like... she's just the mayor of the town. She literally yeah. knows everything about everybody. And in a good way. Yeah. Mrs. McDougal is more of like the interfering nosy. Your mom's just nosy. She just yeah. wants to know for the sake of knowing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Least favorite scene, honestly, any scene with Gregory or Canoe in it. No I joke. I liked the movie theater scene, to be fair, with Canoe. I liked the scene. I don't like him. Yes. <laughs> I definitely didn't that like was Gregory. Yeah. That should get a secondary shout out for favorite scene when DC was playing with the butterfly and messing up the projection at the movie. That was cute. That was really funny. Yeah least favorite scene yeah oh wait i guess we well i guess you kind of coupled it I oh with my least favorite like character i canoe's probably specifically my least favorite character okay but your least favorite scene is anything with gregory or canoe in it. or canoe yeah okay they're just like they're just like they don't care about anybody else but themselves and their own agenda and in a different way than dc because it's cute when he does it yeah. I also really hated like the conversations with Dan and Iggy as if Margaret Miller couldn't hear them. Yeah. And just like blatantly talking about her life as if it was nothing. I guess Which, again, you know, like they're bad dudes. That that was the point of their role, but it's just hard to watch, you know? I guess it's good that they were that dumb to speak loud enough for her to hear so she could try and plot her way out of it. True. Which she did. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot about this one. What we take away from it. Never underestimate a cat. Dude, <laughs> preach. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding you. People underestimate cats all the time. And I awesome. I swear anybody who says that they don't like cats, they haven't met the right cat. Nope. Because yeah. cats are the best animals. In the entire world. Me and Meg like, harp on this swear to God. together all the time because we all, like, I will hear nothing but, well. Cats are mean. Cats you, bite. Cats scratch. Does I always your cat cats. come when it's called? Does your cat greet you at the door? Yes yeah. and yes. They do. Both of them do. My cat gives me so much freaking love. Like, I can't handle it. It's so cute. Both like, of them. Teddy will gently, in the morning, to wake Katie up, he'll take his little paw and just like, gently touch her face it is the sweetest little thing sometimes he does it to me but he does it to katie more often iggy will cuddle under the covers with us in the morning mm -hmm. they both they both greet us at the called. door if i were to call my cat right now he would come mm -hmm. and you'd hear him meow mm -hmm. but he doesn't feel good right now so i won't do that to him he's a little stuffy i think he has i think he has allergies going on right now yeah um, but like genuinely, I think people who say that they don't like cats, they, they haven't met the right cat and cats can be fantastic pets and you should never underestimate them. Yes. Never underestimate their knowledge of what's going on. Nine times out of 10, if I'm like questioning what my cat's doing, it's because something is wrong somewhere. 
You ever hear a noise and you? I'll, I will look to the cats to see if they cared. And yes. if they don't care, I'm like, yeah. If they don't <laughs> care about it, then I don't care about it. Yeah. But they will always care about something that's important to care about. Mm-hmm. They're smart animals. Super cool animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, a thousand percent second that. And then I will also add to not underestimate someone young Mm-hmm. or someone or based on their sex yeah um or their gender um or if someone has like everyone is worth listening to whether they are correct or incorrect everyone's voice deserves to be heard yeah and then you absolutely. can go on from there but like she, she was just brushed aside not cool by multiple people yeah even like her own sister didn't want to take her seriously. Yep. So give everyone a chance, especially cats. Especially cats. <laughs> oh All my right. God. Are we already on the Disney memory? Yeah. All right. So this one comes from Kaiza. I hope I'm saying that name correctly because it's really it's cool. It's really a pretty name. Hello, Meg and Katie. I'm a new listener. Spotify suggested your podcast to me based on how much Disney music I listen to. (laughs) I love that. that. I do the same thing. I have an office job in the healthcare field and have been listening while I work. I totally did the snow white whistle when I typed that. You asked listeners to email our favorite Disney memories, so here's mine. When I was a teenager, my parents took my sister and I to Florida a couple of times, but based on what what huge movie freaks we were... They opted to take us to Universal Studios both times. So finally, in 2017, I booked a trip for myself, my husband, my children, my sister, and her children, and my mom to Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. My kids have grown up. I wouldn't say poor necessarily, but not rich by any means. And that trip, this trip was a big deal for them. Seeing my baby's faces as we walked down Main Street towards that castle was a memory and a gift I will never forget. Watching my sister's face as she watched her baby's faces, it makes me tear up just typing this out. Giving your kids that gift, that magic, it cannot be topped. It was my very, it was my first time at Disney as well, but I had been to some parks in Florida and ex- had experienced that type of vacation. But I got, but I gotta tell you, seeing that castle, ro- walking around those parks, feeling that magic, it cannot even be put into words. Thousand my, percent. Yeah, my husband and I went back in 2018 alone for our anniversary and we were taking the kids we are taking the kids again this year i'm officially a disney grown-up and addicted to the feeling you have when you're walking through those parks and we have plans to move to florida as soon as the kids are all grown and out on their own i will be an annual pass holder also bonus my favorite all-time movie and character is moana growing up it was the little mermaid my sister and i watched that vhs over and over and wished we were ariel I watched Moana a few months after it came out and fell in love. I relate to her on so many levels and also feel a call to the ocean like her. She's by far my favorite. To tie both my favorites together, a couple years ago, I got a tattoo of Moana holding flounder. That is so cute. It's my favorite tat so far. Many more Disney tats to come. Thank you guys for your podcast and and for being such cool Disney adults. You guys are the best. Oh, thank you. That's incredible. I love that story. Yeah, that's amazing. That's something that, like, one, I think it's super cool that you, like, went to Disney for the first time that your kids went to for the first time as well. That's very overwhelming, and I applaud yeah. you for that. And I, yeah. It can be a lot to be able to, to figure out how to plan 
a trip for the first time for you and the first time for kids. Yeah. Because it can be very different. But I'm you obviously had an awesome experience and that's so cool. And the way you describe Disney is like people harp on Disney adults, but that's that feel, right there <laughs> is perfect. That is exactly what it is. Like Meg and I tonight, we went to Epcot and we walked around for a couple hours. We got some food and we came home. And like it was great. Yeah. You felt the magic. It's all and you, you need. got your steps in. <laughs> yeah. What is the difference between going and walking around at the Metro Parks right now and going and walking around World Showcase? Right? <laughs> Minus the fact World Showcase is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I just I love that. And like we talk all the time about like when I you know, if we're blessed with a family, it's gonna be really cool to see it through their eyes you know it's gonna be a totally different experience for sure and also i really i need a picture of your tattoo yes you want to send us one <laughs> <That'd be> awesome <laughs> that sounds so cool there's actually that, like, a- gave me an idea because that's kind of my situation i i mean the i've loved the little mermaid my whole life and when moana came out i love that movie so much and i still kind of struggle with like which one is my favorite I think that the Little Mermaid is, but Moana is definitely really far up there. And that sounds like a really cute tattoo idea, except maybe I would do Ariel and Pua. Pua. <laughs> and Hey Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's actually an artist local in Orlando that we have discovered that we really want really to, go to. to go to. Yeah. And he does phenomenal Disney um tattoos and now i'm blanking so on what his name is but i'll find it okay thank you very much i appreciate it so thank you kaiza for sending in your story we loved it and if you listener would like to share your disney memory please email us at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com it can be absolutely anything disney related so send it in and we'll be sure to feature it on the show You can find Grown Up Kids on Spotify or anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit those three little dots up in the corner and share with your friends because if you liked it, they'll probably like it too. Um, So he works at Arlia Tattoo in Orlando and his name is Russell. And if you'd like to follow his Instagram, it's findyoursmile. Oh, just all the colors he uses. And like he does mashups and he does Pokemon and he does like a bunch of other stuff. so beautiful. His stitch tattoo, like he's clearly a stitch fan because he, he does, does a some lot of stitch beautiful tattoos. stitch tattoos. So good. I don't know if he's a stitch fan or if stitch is just incredibly popular. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Um, you can also find us on social media and join in on the conversation. We are on Facebook at Grown Up Kids a Disney Podcast and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. We post a discussion after each episode. Um, so if you'd like to join in on that conversation, we try to be in there to chat with you guys if you have any comments or anything like that on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to watch The the Ugly Dachshund ahead of next week's episode. And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age...
relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.